Okay, everybody, we are live. Well, we're not live, this is pre-recorded, so um, uh, we're not live, that's a complete lie. But we're here anyway, nevertheless, um, for episode three of the Daily Banter's Meaning of Life podcast, the podcast that we hope will make your life a little bit better. Um, I'm sitting here with my co-host, Vazken Kasakian. Vazken, say hello. Hi, everybody. And today, uh, we are going to be talking about money. Because um, money is a bitch. Money is a pain, pain that everybody has to deal with. Anybody living in, in a Western industrialized society or pretty much anywhere else, if you're not living in the jungle, um, money is uh, probably a huge part of your everyday life. Um, so, yeah, why is money so important? Vasquez, do you want to have a crack at that first? Why is money so important? Yeah. Um, it is important. It's the million-dollar question. <laughs> I wish it was a million-dollar yeah. question. Um, but, yeah, so so it is incredibly important. Absolutely. Right? It, it yeah. kind of makes up pretty much most of what your yeah. waking life is spent these days is spent on making money, thinking about money, yeah. worrying about money. Definitely. Yeah, so I think, all right, first crack. I think I think there's things about money that maybe were true in all societies, in all history. And then it strikes me that maybe there's something different about where we're at um, that's a little bit unique. But I, I guess I'll say maybe it's always been so important. You know, there's the things that are just kind of, like, we all kind of can nod along and agree that, all right, it's a more efficient form of good exchange. You know, mm. you need something to stand for the value of something as opposed to have a list of, you know, it's more efficient than barter maybe, right? And we can kind of attack that maybe premise and see if, like, if that's true. But, you know, in general, I think money has been the means by which a, a group of people can acknowledge that there's a common kind of, they all agree. It's imaginary, right? They all kind of agree that this thing is going to stand for a certain value behind it. And then it, that becomes kind of a little bit more means of uh, a little bit more efficient and easy than, mm. than kind of taking all your wares with you everywhere, you know. Um, so there's there's that component, which I think maybe is true always in society. And then there's something I think maybe a little bit more unique about where we're at in 2015, 2016, you know, in America, which is um, uh, maybe, you know, I, I think in specifically, you know, Western capitalist America probably, I think, means, you know, there's all this, like, other meaning maybe invested in it, mm. um, which which is not to say that it, it's not true of other societies in history in other times and places, but, I, I mean, I, just riffing off the top of my head, I can, okay, imagine that it's important because it confers status, power. Uh, people feel as if more money you have, the more freedom and control you have, mm. choices, options. Um it's very much tied up to sex and just acquisition in general. Mm. Um, you know, like there's, I think there's like, yeah, there's a lot to say there. But I think maybe like the easy, the one that comes to mind is just power. I in, think in this, the, I mean, yes, it's the currency. I think there are lots of different types of currency per se. You know, mm-hmm. you can have social currency, you can have kind of fame currency, you can have community currency in terms of like how valuable you are or or um but then money is the kind of you know that's the major currency that we that's the major kind of um what's the word i'm looking for uh it's how we 
judge one's power in in, the, in this particular society. Yeah, I think that's true. I think you that's know, true. It, it, it affords you a lot, and particularly in the way that the in a Western capitalist society, everything has been monetized. You know, there has been right. a relentless strive to monetize everything. Yeah. Li- literally everything. everything. The fact that yeah. you know, for example, just take something like water. The fact that water yeah. is monetized. Now, sure. Yeah. Right, that you are you pay to drink water. Just think about that for a second. That is crazy. That that is that is almost insane. Right. That we would actually pay money to drink water, right? Which would then mean that if you don't have money, you can't live. Yeah. Right? Well, you can drink water, but it's the you know like bad like often stories of polluted water coming out of your tap. But even yeah. even even then, like yeah, yeah. You, you pay for water in. I see one new or utilities, other, right? yeah, yeah, utilities or whatever, right, right, right. whatever it is, right? Yeah. Uh, and they're always trying to privatize water, like in um, uh, water companies, or constantly. Like there was, a, I remember, um, my cousin was once in Bolivia, and they were. This is about 10, 15 years ago. Fifteen years ago, and they're having water protests because they were the government had sold off the water company. Yeah, no, I have no doubt that, like, if, I mean, you know, the engine of capitalism is if you can separate, what is it, you know, there's a rule in economics, like, between public good and a private good, and it's, like, the generic rules, if you can, like, put it in a box, it, it can become a private good. Yes. And I think, like, I read a story about, or heard a, a story about, in China, did you hear about, like, bottled air? It's so polluted that people are buying bottled air. Yeah, do we, we yeah. talk about that on the podcast? I don't I remember. Maybe we talked about that on the podcast, yes, yeah, but, yeah. yeah but, but that is happening, like, people yeah. are actually buying... Yeah, people, rich people are yeah. buying Canadian. Is it Canadian air? I'm not sure. Or somewhere they're buying yeah. air from a clean country. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It's like a. Did you ever see Total Recall, the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah. It was like the guy who his whole point was that he was trying to, like, air on Mars was a commodity, and he was kind of like the air baron. The air baron. And the whole story yeah. was like they were trying to. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger's character was like just trying to make. Because they were holding the secret that they could create air essentially. For everyone on Mars, yeah, and his whole point was to like. Anyway, it just reminded me of that. That's that's an awesome, it's a yeah, great, great, great story. But I think it's but that but that does it does kind of show you the the mentality of of, um, of capitalism um, of of the obsession that we have with money and a kind of way of uh, it's very. I mean, it's abstract. It's an abstract way. I mean, it's imaginary. Money is imaginary. We've invented money. I think currency on some level is always imaginary. Like there's this um. There's a I'm a, I'm gonna butcher the details here, but basically, there's a culture, and one economist writes about it um, as a kind of an idea about what money is. Um, famous economist, now I forget his name, but um, anyway, like he, they found out that there's these stones, mm. and they're very large, and the only reason they're they're conferred. I mean, anthropologists were trying to figure out, well, why is why is this so? Why why do these have intrinsic value? And the idea was that there's not many of them, so there's mm. scarcity. Mm. And then it's all everybody's, it's a collective kind of imagined, it's everybody's like hallucination or, I shouldn't say hallucination, it's like everyone agrees mm. that this thing is going to have value. And then the scarcity of that thing creates its value, essentially. C- you know? Creates value. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that, and that is, again, it's, it's totally imaginary. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, agreed upon, yes. it's just an agreed-upon fiction that, yes. with that, as a group of people, we've decided that these yes. rules... Um, yeah, and that, I think that's one of the ways in which you can kind of create... We'll get to this later on about how you can kind of create a slightly better relationship with money. Uh, if you're having, you know, if, you, if you're having financial problems... In, in a lot of ways, I think that that a lot of it is a it's a it's a mental thing, mm-hmm. you know, and the what what you put value in 
and how you kind of actually think about money um, can actually change your relationship to it and, and reduce anxiety levels. It's something that I think everyone's going to have to kind of get used to now because uh, just uh, reading today, in fact, um, the statistic about wealth inequality mm-hmm. in the world now that apparently there's some in, it's something completely insane now wealth inequality that now in the last sort of five years um, I think it was the top there's like 65 people now own more wealth than the than the 65 individuals literally 65 individual people are, have more money than the than half of the global population yeah right that's it here, here we go I've got it it's 62 ultra rich individuals um uh <laughs> have as much wealth as the bottom half of humanity. Yeah. So five years ago, that was 388 rich people. Wow. Right? And now yeah. that's whittled down to 62. And yeah. those 62 people, their wealth has increased by 44% over the past five years, while the wealth of the bottom half has dropped by 41%, which is truly, truly shocking. You know, yeah. If you think about like how, the, the way in which we are organising our kind of societies around this, right. this very weird imaginary thing that that only a few people that 62 people have got more yeah. money than it's funny because billions of people yeah it's funny because like there's a if you have a, it's funny like I, I there's there's a point at which i feel like if you have enough money you will just it, it, you could rapidly increase it mm. right like once you once you kind of enter a certain amount I don't know what that number it's is. It's easy to make money. Yeah, right? Like no, by basically by doing nothing. I mean I mean you get enough and you can just live off the interest for the rest of your and life. And there's, right? there's, like, there's deals. I mean I I know some extremely wealthy people and I have a close friend of mine who who's who is incredibly wealthy and just kind of getting into his learning about how he what he does with money. It's just because he's rich, he gets opportunities that the rest of us would never get yeah. you know invest in this early startup invest in this and you know, locked in guaranteed rates and, yeah like you know. Louis C.K. has a funny bit about like exactly that like interest as a reward for having money and mm-hmm. then the kind of you know the, the like when your bank charges you for when you have like a, when you go below balance it's like just this like you know just the, the different treatment of like charging like the penalization for being broke basically versus yeah, the yeah. reward for like hey you know this You're guy rich, yeah. yeah let's give you more money yeah you right, don't you surely don't need it it's like free you, you only really get free stuff when you're rich right right, right. For people for rich people get they get rich they get free things all the time they right. get free goodie bags you get free um you know i, I know a couple of uh here we go, I'm, I'm name dropping about who i know but i know some <laughs> so I, 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 probably I, not I, idea here. I, I know some 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 well, quite well-known athletes right yeah. and, and one of my friends is a well-known athlete and he mm-hmm. was telling me it's like the amount of free stuff they send him is yeah. ridiculous yeah like, literally ridiculous i'm not going to name him so it's not right dropping. right um but but he does like he he you know he gets free stuff from reebok and yeah. nike they're sending him things all the time and it's like most people have to I, I don't buy i buy sneakers every you know five or six months and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh man, i spend another 50 60 bucks on, on sneakers which i'd rather be spending on like food or something, you know. Yeah. Um, so I could do with those free, those free sneakers sometimes. But 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 when you get rich, you get them for free. Yeah, I think like I mean, okay, I think we could say like, 
I don't know. I don't know how things will be different, but I can surely say that things fifty, hundred years from now will be different, right? We we won't. We often the way we live now in that statistic you just cited about what was it sixty, sixty eight, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, that will not be true, and I, I will hesitate to say I don't think you'll be less people. I'll just be so bold as to say it will probably swing in the other direction. Well, it's in the, the wealth inequality. Yeah, I think I think it has to, it has no choice but to flow downward because. Well, but he, but the trajectory is going. The I, other I way. know now it is, but I'm just it, saying that it, like it has to come down. Yeah, course, right, course. because it's kind of like, you know, you think back kind of like about the Middle Ages, and you're like, how could they believe? How could we as as human beings believe? Actually, not even just Middle Ages. I mean, through so much of human history, we we believe that there are special people among us, singular mm. individuals, and they should have command over everybody's. You know, we didn't even have the word civil liberties, but mm. you know, there were people who you would just thought of as special, and mm. you know, their children are obviously special, and we all have to work and sweat and break our backs for these people, regardless of of who they are as people and their merit and all that. So, I mean, but we think of this idea now as an insane thing. We we, we acknowledge it as just an irrationality. We're like, this is just crazy, and eventually we will come. We will wake up from the nightmare too and be like, what the hell are we what, thinking? What like we thinking about? Yeah. Be, these people who mismanage routinely they're mismanaging or or I, I there's there's something very scary actually about it all that I try not to think about every day which is how it is frankly all dependent upon an ever diminishing there's no way nature and the environment can replenish the rate at which we p- remove and process and so yeah. that's just inevitable house of cards and and I I don't know how we manage or deal with that but that itself indicates to me that that will not be true, that statistic will not be true 50, 50 years from now. Yeah, I mean, I think this gets onto some of the points we're, 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 we're going to move on to about money and how you look at it and how you understand wealth. Um, because if you look at it from that perspective, just from a kind of monetary perspective, like how much money does one have, does that, does that confer actual wealth? And I don't think it does. I personally don't think it does. I think that money is helpful. I think money can be a good thing, you know, if used in the right way. But I don't believe that it, it is um, the be-all and end-all of wealth. I think that, you know, like, my, my rich... People who I, know, who I know who are very, very wealthy, I don't consider them as a, as a human being. I don't consider them as, as, as wealthy as many other people I know. Mm. You know, I, I know people who I would regard as incredibly wealthy, and that's because of the lifestyle that they have. Know, the friends that they have, you know, their kind of physical health, their spiritual health, like yeah. how well they they kind of enjoy life, and you know, th- th- those to me are are the true wealthy people. Yeah, it's funny you say that because like it always strikes me whenever I read about, I'm always amazed about these guys who have a ton of money, what I would mm. consider a ton of money. Let's just like put a number on it. I'd say anyone who has more than you know a couple million has a ton of money. Yeah, and and. I'm amazed that these in, in this country, in this in, in more than more than a hundred thousand, right? In most other countries would be you'd be a wealthy. Person, that's right. That's right. Okay? Like, but but I don't know. I, even I'd be ha- hey man, I'd be happy yeah. with a million. But like yeah, my point yeah. is that 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 okay. Like I'm always amazed that these guys who like wake up still at five a.m. and they got to go to an office and manage their business and do this. And I'm like, man, like it's funny because I always think of myself I'm like what I would do with that money is 
it's not. I don't think I would like sleep until eleven every day and do and, and do nothing and except kind of just please like whatever pleases me at that moment. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would do that. I think I would want to use the money for per, you know greater purpose and all. But I, I'm just amazed at the guys who like they are still obsessed with that going a, in yeah. every day and like just making more, right? Oh yeah, yeah. like I mean, that's it, that's your aim is I, just to make more. It's crazy. I mean, it really is. It really is crazy. And they live in. I mean, look at Wall Street bankers, the most miserable bunch of wankers. Like, uh, if you're on Wall Street, I'm not necessarily calling you wanker, but but you you probably are a bit of a wanker <laughs> if that's if that's if that's what you do. Yeah, go you out and to, do some tai chi, man. Yeah, or, like, step away from your computer. The <laughs> thing is, you some of those skills you have. Anyway, I think we talked about this last time. Like, if, if you've got some some skills, like if you've got those type of skills, go and work for somewhere where those skills you could actually do some good. You yeah. know rather than moving around numbers on a spreadsheet and making shitloads of money out of it, off, usually off other people's misery, yeah. you know? Um, but but I look at people like that, and I, I just think, you're not worthy. You're not worthy at all. You, you, you can, you've bought, you know, you, your life, you hate your life. So, like, let me ask you a question. Like, okay, because that's a lesson that we've heard, like, I mean, that's, a, that's like, mythic, right? That's, like, legendary, the notion that um, money is not, you know, is, is basically not where it's at. It's mm. not the root. It's not the being. It's not the end. It's not, like, I mean, that is, like, mythic in how many tales and folklore, like, we could come up with, like, mm. dozens of stories where the moral of the story is, it's, like, it's, that's not the way, right? Not the way. Yeah, yeah. But why do you think that it is. we still, we can't well, learn that? that it is. Yeah, like, after, after like, we... We know what the, we know what's wise. We know what the truth is. We know whether whatever religious tradition you want to draw upon, or like cultural, you know, folkloric, cultural myths and legend, whatever. Like we know this has been told again and again and again. So why why do we, why is it still the the case? Um, but also, but I mean, it's important to understand that it, it it's not nothing either. Like money is important. Yeah. You know, like the, I think you'd be sort of lying if. if if you say like, oh, I don't care about money. Like, yeah, I care about money. I care, I care about having enough. Right. Right. For this particular society that I'm living in, you know that. But that's the, the that's as much as I care about money. Yeah. You know, I care about money as much as like, do I have enough to to, to function adequately, so, function normally in this society? So I guess that's what's scary, or that's where like kind of the the bottom gets dropped out from underneath, which is that in this society, enough is such a People have such varying degrees of what mm. that means to them, you know. Yeah, I mean, look. Okay, so here would be. I was thinking about this the other day. Maybe it came from an article I was reading about about you know buying a house and having having you know purchasing land and that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And this this guy wrote an article about his about buying a house and having a garden. The obsession with like having a garden, for example, right? Say if you live near a park. Right, you live near a park, but you want a house with a garden. Mm. Okay, all right. Why the fuck would you want a garden? Why would you want a garden when you've got a park, when you've got land as far as the eye can see? But maybe see? the person wants to garden, like, vegetables or... I don't yeah, know, okay, let's say you don't want to grow your own vegetables, okay. right? But let's even say, that, you could find a community plot for it, I'm sure. Yeah, you could probably even yeah. find a community plot for it, right? Yeah. But let's... It's the obsession with owning things, right? I want my little sort right. of... You know, it's a sign of status and of wealth, like having your own garden, which most people don't even go into. Like most people don't, most people don't use their garden. That's true, right? Like, yeah, I'd I, agree with that. I mean, okay, I'm j- I'll just pull that. No, I think that's true. I think, I think most people who have a lot of things don't have the time. Don't use them, don't dude. Use like, 
people who like have six homes, like Hollywood actors who have six homes across the globe, probably do not use these six like, homes. You, you're yeah. not, and you're not stepping in, enjoying in every single room of all of all your homes. I mean, and that's that, not. And it's an own. It's it's a kind of ment- mentality thing, right? It's like oh, you you own this. It's yours. It's mine. I. It's and I. And it's just having that knowledge that you can use it if you want to, whenever you want to, right? Yeah. So, so in in that sense, that's the kind of seduction of it, right? It's it's the it's the ownership thing. Of oh it. my God! Can we like talk about Fifty Shades of Grey? Because that is basically like I think like that's like the perfect. It's about ownership, right? It's like this like like Fifty Shades of Grey to me was like I didn't say it was garbage, man. But yeah. anyway, like sure. it's garbage for a lot of reasons. But it's it's like very much like it was it was kind of. It's amazing that it was like billed as this kind of like uh, guilty housewife like pleasure, you know, like mm. beach reading kind of thing. But the only thing I could see about it, like that that you know the basic story basically. No. Okay, so it's like a like a kind of I guess out of college or in college I forget the exact story, but she basically gets seduced by this billionaire named Christian Gray. Um, who's got like helicopters, businesses? You never actually quite know what he does, which is mm. hilarious. It's always like he's just in the business and he makes yeah. a ton of money. And then he basically like gets kind of seduced into his world of like you know, of um, you know BDSM, like like basically like you know like crazy sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... But 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 like uh, focused specifically around like power. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and like and it's funny because as I was watching that whole thing, like. Like I, I was, it was on in a hotel. I'm not seeking it out to watch it, but I was curious because it was such a national phenomenon. Like you could not get away from it for a while, mm. right? And and to me, the the thing that that strikes me about it is this idea of like ownership. You know, like mm. this this kind of um, like it was a perfect movie of like what we were saying earlier, like the commodification of everything, and everything is just kind of can be bought and sold. And and I thought about that movie of like that point of that movie. Mm. Would you would not have been able to? I'm not. I'm not like trying to like Marxistly deconstruct it, like to say it's more than what it was. But but there was something about that movie where the idea of the guy being rich and having a ton of money was integral to that plot. Like, could you have that same story if the guy was just some regular? Yeah, yeah. Like if he didn't have any means. What I'm just saying is that like that movie wasn't fascination about. It wasn't like a sexual fantasy. It was a power, it's a power, power money power. fantasy. Yeah, you know? but, but it, it's when you find when you meet people who have extreme wealth and power, um, it is interesting. A lot of the kind of like, you know, um, I think a lot of that manifests itself in kind of. It's, yeah, I do think it manifests in like sexual dysfunction, right? Like I've, I've I've literally seen I've seen this happen with with rich people, um, where they can get anything they want they can buy anything they want they can they can sleep with any particularly when it comes to men they can sleep with as anybody they want and women too you know they when, when you get a certain amount of power you can you can everything is come, becomes available to you sure. right so one once that happens once you have this this situation where everything becomes available to you um you start to develop the the sort of power stuff gets weird right whereby you know do you ever watch the wolf of wall street yeah, when he right. he's being like, he hires someone to come and whip him. And right, like, right, he has a right. prostitute to come and like, beat, right. like basically beat the shit out of him. Uh, and I've seen that. I've, I've seen that happen before. I've, I've actually seen that with with, with people. 
uh, who get into all sorts of weird, you know, you, you see it with the political classes, you know, you, you, like politicians in Britain, with with po- high-powered politicians and elites, they get together and they play, have these sexually depraved, weird sexually depraved... Yeah, yeah I mean, wasn't it like, uh, I mean, world leaders, right? There was the Boonga Boonga parties. Yeah, well, they're different manifestation of that. Yeah, role playing and like, they're dominating yeah. and then then they're being dominated and it's right, this like right. weird kind of fetish about power. Right, right. Because because they live in this very strange. Well, I, I think it's to do with the fact that once you have once you get a lot of power and money, then things cease to be real anymore. That's very right? true. Right, they yeah, stop yeah. being real. So you, but right. you, I think human beings need that. They need realness in their lives right. you know? so they need they need these things to remind themselves that they're a human being yeah um but it it, it gets manifested in in weird ways when you have when you're obsessed with power and money yeah like i used to okay so i used to teach um krav maga this israeli uh, fighting right art thing right and back in in la and i remember the, there was this guy that used to come in for private training uh, he'd be there during the day every time. He was a very, very powerful lawyer. Okay. He used to come in in his Ferrari, you know, and he was like this tan. He looked like Richard Gere, you know. He used to come in tan, chiselled, good-looking guy, you know, probably in his early, late thirties, early forties. Very like in very, very in shape, like very sort of like had it all, silver tongued, very quick, very like, uh, you know, like a ballsy, typical sort of a successful kind of mm-hmm. a person and uh, he used to hire this guy who was this Israeli commando this ex-Israeli commando um, who was about 250 pounds of like this guy was a bad 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 motherfucker like he was a killer you know and this lawyer used to come in and he used to get the living shit kicked out of him by this Israeli commando this Israeli commando would just beat him up from pillar to post like I saw it I, I watched <laughs> okay. this all the time yeah yeah and um, I would you know we would spar with him and like the this the guy the Israeli commando who was one of the instructors and he would say he would like get my friends and I to come in and spar with him and he should just put a beating on him like I, I, I beat this dude up you know many many times and he used to enjoy it and I just didn't couldn't understand I kind of didn't you know I was young guys in my early 20s and, and, and I was quite kind of full of it myself so I would I would always like to spar with him because he was he was up for it but he wasn't very good yeah right but he was kind of a I thought he was kind of a bit of a dick so I didn't really mind kicking his ass um but he used to love it he used to get there was a weird kind of like he used to get off on it I'm, I'm getting his ass I'm kicked. getting his ass kicked yeah and he would do this all the every like three times a week he'd be paying this guy like three hundred dollars an hour yeah to get the shit kicked out of him and then yeah. go and get the shit kicked out of him by, by everybody else as well. It was just, it was very strange. It was a very, very weird thing. And I just thought, yeah, I think to yourself that this guy has everything. He's got the car, he's right. got the girl, he's got the, the job, he's got the money, he's got the house, he's got, but every, nothing is real anymore. No. You know, no, no, nothing is nothing is genuine. So, yeah. and how do you know your, your relationships cease being genuine too? Like when, once you get money, once you yeah. get to the, you, you, it's a weird world. When you, yeah, when you get rich, it, right, yeah. and powerful, because you don't know why people like you. You don't you start, know. Yeah, you, you like. You start to maybe like want to exert that relationship of power in other spheres of your life, and when you know you've had whatever you want in the bedroom, it becomes about. I don't know, like decapitating exotic animals. Yeah, it yeah. becomes about like climbing the highest peak. Mm. Um, you know. It, 
becomes about running for president. It becomes, I don't know, like whatever whatever your new fantasy, you, you want to test the limits now. You know, you want yeah, to basically it's like, it's like, like... Donald Trump, right? Donald, Donald Trump is clearly in, in this, in this the structure, in the system that we've created for ourselves, right? Donald Trump has essentially won that game. He's right. won this system, right? right? right, right. What's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's next? What next can you buy? Right. Right? The next big toy is the it's presidency. True. Yeah, yeah. Right? He, he, he wants to become president, right? right? Because he can buy it, right? Mm-hmm. And he can't. I mean, he's an idiot. He right? says so. He says as much, too, often. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah he'll yeah, say, yeah. like, yeah, when you, well, when you're rich, like, you can get political influence and have political friends. Yeah, and he, he's told all the politicians, he's like, yeah, I've bought all of you right. guys off at various right. points, right? So he, in his mind, like, he can just buy whatever he wants. You know, he can buy... His, his ego is, is so monstrous that he believes that, you know, that's what's next for him. Yeah. Right? Is the presidency. Right? Is, is, I mean, it's, it's amazing that, that I mean, he's not even vaguely qualified to become president. Right. You know? I mean, you can barely sort of string a coherent sentence together, um, let alone, I mean, he's going to make him money. It's funny, though, because it, he's a monster of our creation, right? Like, we're, we're as much to blame for for that as anyone else it's like that, yeah that's what you get right. yeah what exactly get, right what, what you yeah. get i mean i i think it's the kind of this is what you get if you create a society built on money built yeah. on, on nothing but money right and the acquisition of money and material wealth and greed yeah. and power at some point you're going to get a donald trump running for president right running for president right it, it's it's inevitable that that's going to happen so yeah. he's like a kind of a manifestation of our of our own sort of egos, right? Yeah. Of of of, um, of our collective unconscious, you know. Yeah. That that's what we've created. Yeah, it, it's it's funny. There's like a there's like a guy who's, um, you know. Then you like maybe that maybe that game's not enough. You know, American politics. There's like there's a guy. He's a Google executive, really smart guy. I forget his name now. Um, who's who's kind of on this obsessed quest to basically defeat death via. Oh, right. Kurtzwell. That's it. Yeah, right. Kurtzwell, yeah. Um, what a weird. Yeah, but it's like, I think that's like the ultimate game, right? Like, yeah, it's, like, it's next. Like, I'm, I'm going to just conquer death eternity. through technology and, um, yeah, eternity, conquering eternity yeah. through material wealth. It's a weird, but that's, Dude, that's it, weird shit. It's weird, but again, it's like this sort of, it's a belief system, right? I mean, I think also, if you want to get a bit more esoteric about this kind of stuff, like, the belief. The obsession with money is again is an obsession with the material, and it's an obsession with material materialism in general, not just money, just in terms of like reality, right? It's like right. that this reality is the only reality, and there is nothing else after this. There's nothing else after death. Uh, there are no other kind of realms of consciousness. There are that's realms right. of existence. Yeah, that's a great point. And and if and if you strongly believe that then of course that's going to be your main aim right mm-hmm. is to generate is to get as much money as possible and to live as long as possible and it's a kind of a it's a very strange fear-based uh, approach to life yeah. you know i mean look who knows maybe they're right maybe maybe you know it, it, maybe it is right maybe maybe this is the end of it there is nothing else after this that our human consciousness does not exist after death so that's entirely possible i don't personally think that's true uh, but that's just me personally. I'm, I'm, but even even say it were true, what yeah. I don't get about that orientation, like even if you know the journey's going to end, right, and it's going to end, and you don't, even if you might not think that there's something afterwards, it's pretty bizarre to me to want to hold everything. Like like there's only one truth, and that is that 
youth fades, beauty fades, power fades, and money can fade, and you die, right? So that, that those will be eternal truths. And every, like, there's multiple, a whole body of, of myths and legends and stories different people have told themselves through civilizations that says that don't chase after those things. Mm. Those things are like holding on to sand. Mm. They'll slip through your fingers. You might as well, like, go for... What, yeah, yeah, yeah. something else more noble or higher whatever mm. right Self, selflessness love whatever you know but like the point is those other things are definitely not the thing you should be making your life about because they fade it's like but it's hilarious that we have a society that 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 is that's aim is to make those like it's a sucker's game right like to, to, to try to say that Chase those things that you know are absolutely fleeting mm. and, and, and ephemeral. And Can't last. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's also like, what do you, what do you leave? What, what do you leave for everybody else? <laughs> you know, it's like the fact right. we know that this pursuit of material wealth and power um, is this almost is catastrophic for for future generations, right? So it, 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 I'd say and even the self who's pursuing them in that, in you know, for themselves, like they may yeah. not know it, but... Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. Psycholo- we know psychologically it's damaging, yeah. right? Um, you know, there's, there's a phenomenon, status anxiety is a real phenomenon, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a mental illness. I mean, if you talk to psych, talk to psychologists, like, I'm sure if anyone's listening has got a friend who's a psychologist, most of the people, particularly in America, because in America, what you're mostly dealing with as a psychologist are rich people. Or people with money who who work jobs but are falling apart mentally because they because what's they just think what's the point in all this? Like I'm working, I'm slaving away. I'm tired and stressed all the time because all I'm doing is working to pay bills and make money and like I make myself happy by buying things that I don't really need. Sure, it gives me some sort of temporary respite from the from the grind. Um, you know, maybe you don't have enough time to focus on your relationship. Your relationship's falling apart. Uh, and then you go and see a, a psychologist, you know, and it's like, and it's like, you know what I mean? And yeah. psychologists, you know, psychologists deal with, with just the most terrible kind of dysfunctions in that parents not spending time with their children, you know, couples not spending any time with each other because they're essentially so focused on their careers and making money that they don't have time to to spend with the people that they they, they love the most, you know, which is right. which is, is which is a, a, a sickness. So we know that psychologically it's it's not good for you. But also, yeah, I mean, what the concept of profit? What 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 does profit mean if you've wrecked <laughs> if you've wrecked the planet for future generations? How is that profitable? Yeah, no, it's a, we we have like a you know what we have is the mindset of we haven't quite figured out what the alternative is. At least I mean, some people have, I think, mm. and, and, but like. The mass culture is like the same mindset that the conquistadors had, where they were like, you've burned your ships behind you. You're like, there's just resources here to be like... Consumed. Yeah, consumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to do it because I need to I need to basically get mine, you know? And I don't care about like literally anything, anything or anything else. else. Yeah, yeah. And man, that, that shit just doesn't fly in 2016. No. You just can't... We, we're too close. We see the end... It's too close. It's, it's too, too close. close. Like, it's too close, yeah. And, and we know, you know, through the study of... The, I mean, these are things that I, I believe are inherent to sort of a lot of indigenous cultures' belief systems about, you know, reciprocity and, and balance and, and sustainability and all that kind of stuff. Uh, not even sustainability, but more kind of like... There's a great author. Daniel Pinchbeck is a really interesting guy. Daniel Pinchbeck is always talking about regeneration. 
know, rather than opposed to sustainability. It's like, right. no, we, it's, we need to be regenerating as opposed right. to just being sustaining. We need to be, human activity needs to regenerate, you know, growth in the environment as opposed to just sustaining. Right. You know, and that's what, what everything that plugs into an ecosystem, it's a regenerative system. You know, and we, we are not regenerating anything. So, I mean, it strikes me, it's, it's, we, we keep on coming back, I feel like, to, to the same theme. But uh, always, when I hear you say that, it, it kind of reminds me that I think the real problem just comes down to, like, pace and rhythm. Like, mm. we just can't sustain. The only reason we live the way we do is because of fossil fuels, and fossil fuels are basically stored up, like solar energy yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like we're kind of like the the the, the analogy is like three generations ago your your you know great grandfather worked very hard mm. and through saving and prudent kind of investments and all that and then we are kind of like the child who has n no concept of what time and effort it took through those generations to accumulate that wealth and you're spending it basically trying to spend all that in one year you know the, the mm. accumulated wealth of generations you're like trying to blow on a Vegas weekend. And that's that's kind of where we're at in the whole mm. large, you know, if you look at kind of the, the long view of our history, mm. our, our pace and rhythm is, 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 is unpre absolutely unprecedented. And it's, it's a tiny little fraction. Of, you, of history. Yeah, of, I mean, of, of the way we've been living. But look at the statistic we, you know, we were just discussing earlier that in five years, the bottom 50% of the pl of the population has lost 44% right. of their wealth, right. right? In five years. Yeah. It's funny, you know, it's funny when I hear you say that because I'm like, that to me is a human failure and how come we don't talk about it like that? Like the idea that if that's the inevitable result, mm. none of our ideas are worth anything. No, like, I mean, we have to it, kind of... it, it goes to show what a kind of a bankrupt ideology capitalism is. You know, and what a total kind of like fraud it is, and we just take it as a fact. We take it as just a sort of this is the way that that that, that it is. You know, that's capitalism is a fact. The free market, the market is a fact. The market does what it wants to do without. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, yeah. And, you know, and that and that's what I see as being. It's a religion. It's a religion. Of I mean, but I, I think I think what it is is that I don't think there's inherently anything bad about any. It's an ism, right? Just like any other ism, and, and any ism could be bad. I think I think the problem with it is that we we haven't. It doesn't. We're at a stage where it's it's unbridled on steroids, and any kind of attempt to question it is seen as somehow, you know advocating for for an absolute you know unraveling of, well, you're you know right 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 yeah, but it's yeah. funny because it's like well the truth is that like what already there's no i'd say the pressure is on 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 those who advocate for it to defend why it's still viable why why yeah. is why is the status quo still a desirable option you know yeah i mean i, th I think this and this goes into to um how you might think about having a better relationship with money, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I believe now that this, it comes down to an individual, it, all of this comes down to individual, individual le level about it, personal behavior, personal belief systems and how you, your relationship with money. Because none of this, the, the system won't change from the out, from, from the inside, right? I mean, I guess from the inside, from the top, from the top down, right? There mm -hmm. won't be a top down change. 
you know, government's not going to suddenly be like, okay, look. Yeah, yeah because the top-down nature is the essence of the problem to begin with. Yeah, I mean, the fact that we, we have top-down anything. Yeah, yeah we, we fucked up. Let's uh, let's move towards a sort of an egalitarian, you know, commune-style uh, decentralized... People are not going to willingly, like, let go of power or their own money. Yeah, like, that, that, that's not happen. That is not going to happen. I, right. I genuinely believe that that's not going to happen. So I think that systemic change happens when people's minds change. And they just True. Stop. Yeah. if you look at like the collapse of civilizations, right? Civilizations, you, it's not usually an external um, cause. There might be certain things that happen to that civilization, a war or whatever it is, but usually it's because people just stop believing in it. Yeah, they like, lose faith. They yeah. lose faith in yeah. the structure itself, right. right? Which is really the only thing that holds civilizations together to, get, to begin right, with. It's, yeah. it's a collective belief system yeah, in, right. in what they're doing. So when people stop believing in that particular myth, um, although those particular ideals, um, as laid out by whichever civilization you might happen to be living in, uh, when people stop living, the civilization collapses, you know, and and it's replaced with something different. So, yeah. and I think that's now you know where we're at. In it. so, and uh, again, these are things that I think about quite a lot because it's it's um, they're obvious. Again, it's through necessity. You know, like I've chosen a fairly unconventional approach in my life. Like I don't. No, I, don't have a, I don't have a job. I run my own business. Um, I my I don't have a set income. It varies month to month. It's you know it's quite a sort of a precarious existence from many people's perspectives. From a lot of people's perspective, they view my they view my existence as being quite sort of you know risky and dangerous. I don't view it personally. I don't view it that way. I view that as being like that's just the way that my personality works. That I have to, I've had to set up my own life. Um, to kind of fit in with, I have to set my life up to fit in with how my personality works. So if, there would be no point in me getting a job, for example. I could right. not hold a job down, no way. Right. I've tried. Yeah. I've tried. When I was younger, I tried to get jobs and it, it just didn't work. After a few months, I was like, right, this is not for me. I can't sit in an office and, and do all this stuff. You know, yeah. like this, this is not going to work. Um, but, you know, this, this idea, so I've had to kind of change my relationship with money. How do I view money? What do I what things do I want in life and uh, once you start to kind of you know boil it down it's like what do you really need what do you really need do you really need a two bedroom apartment you know if there's only one or two, if there's like yeah you're living with your wife or your fiance or, or whatever it is right how many bedrooms do you need right you might need two if you have a, if you have a kid right but if you don't have a kid why would you need two bedrooms you know like, why would you need the latest car? Like, a quarter's a car, your car gets you from point A to point B. Why do you need to get a new car every year or every five years or whatever it is? You know, if the old one works, fine, why don't you use that? Why do we, why do I like name brands, you know? I don't really care about name brands stuff because what, you know, it's function for me as opposed to style or, or status. So, through necessity, I guess I've had to kind of really think hard about, about money and about what do I what do I want and what do I need um, and I think that that's you know in many ways that that's going to be how you're going to have a societal change is by everybody saying okay look like maybe this is not you know I'm, I'm personally I'm happier I'm, I'm actually happier not buying into kind of commercial nonsense I don't watch TV I don't watch I don't I look at ads and think you know I, I, I don't need that stuff you know I've trained myself not to want it and I'm happier because mm -hmm. of it. So I think that, um, 
you know, spreading that kind of mentality is one of the ways in which you can affect some sort of changes by by kind of saying, look, you know, maybe we should all... I'm just here saying, like, look, maybe we should all take a think about what you really need and what's really important. Um, and yeah. in, in, in that way, uh, you can have a kind of a better relationship with money. You just realise that it's just, a, it's just like energy, you know, it's just, it's just energy that you need to kind of... I just view money as energy. It's like I need a certain amount of energy to kind of, you know, have get food and, you know, pay for gas and all that kind of stuff. But that's about it. My, the richness of my life comes from relationships, comes from the work that I do, comes from you know martial arts, comes from art, comes from reading. That's where I derive my richness. S- yeah, yeah, my sense of worth and stuff like that. I'm not saying that I'm perfect, and sometimes I'm like shit. I need more money. You know, it wouldn't be nice to be a millionaire, not have to worry about all this kind of stuff. You know, because you do in this system, you know, having money it is important because yeah. you need to pay for things. I, I think it's a good, interesting exercise to ask yourself. Like one thing to me, the one thing that strikes me is like the reason we are so wrapped up, going back to your first question, why is it so important is that, and I think related to why do we have such a difficult relationship with it or how can we re- make that relationship better is that it, it, this society, if you kind of let it get in your head, mm. your driving engine will be, I just don't want to be homeless and unloved and mm. poor and in the streets because there's no apparent taking care of of those people and I want to be taken care of and take care of other people so I want and so you, then you feel like you have to kind of work and continue to get more money and more money without mm-hmm. ever questioning how can I really just build a world where I don't have to fear that at all where I don't have to fear being alone and, and why don't we build a world where no one has to fear mm. that you know but but part, I think part of doing that is by part of having that change happen is by sort of trying to do it yourself I, I agree I think I think, I think I think it's useful to run through that exercise of almost like a, you know the Stoics they had this like um, they, they were always obsessed with this idea of you know like doing putting yourself through, through the, the most arduous terrible things and mm. seeing what your response to it is going to be mm. and so there was like you know the, there would be Stoics that would sleep in the streets not have a home kind mm. of forego like you know, their their whole family, they basically would, you know, just leave. Mm. And um, not advocating that by any means, but I'm saying maybe mm. that's like a useful exercise, though, in kind of maybe trying a little bit of self-imposed what you would think of as hardship mm. and deprivation. Mm. You know, cancel that Netflix for a month, see what happens, get a library card. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I mean, what could be, my point just is like maybe it's a worthwhile exercise to see how much you could sleep. If you're worried about money, mm. mentally play a game of trying to see what the bare minimum you need is and then start and build out and expand from there. Mm. So, I mean, I always, always think that like saving money, I get more, again, you know, I get more enjoyment out of saving money, I suppose. It's like, you know, it's not how much you earn, it's how much you save. Cause, because you can get, you can, there's, people, there's people who earn a lot more than I do, who save a lot less than I do. Sure. Know? Yeah, but I mean, that's, I think, a pers- it's funny. It's like there's a balance, right? Like, saving's great, but then to your point of money being energy, sometimes it's, you know, you want to, I think that the healthiest relationship is when the things you're buying are actually fulfilling you. Fulfilling, yeah. You know, like. Yeah, and save, saving money should be, like, for me, yeah, it's just like storing energy. I, I'm just, it's just stored energy for me. Like, I view my bank balance as a stored energy. Like, but th- that energy will be used for, experiences for, right you know what I mean like there's nothing 
I think like I mean it's it's admirable I think to to save and then have like a really nice extravagant dare I say like expensive meal you know like Zagat five star whatever you want to call it and like there's nothing inherently bad about that so long as maybe you know you're not having to change everything else in your life in order to be able to do that and, and enjoy that experience yeah I mean you if know? you're doing it like, every week if you do, that's the problem is, is when you become wealthy and you can do that every week then it's, it's then it becomes meaningless right it's the meaning yeah. of it yeah. like, I always like yeah. remember hanging around with wealthy people and um, you know, my, my you know some of my fa- my family is, is in it was in my dad was in the corporate media world and I used to sort of uh, my, my dad's not wise at all but by some of the people who I knew in his industry I listened to conversations and the conversations would be around about you know what kind of towel service they had in various hotels you know oh you know you must stay in this hotel the sheet you know the towels are amazing and like the bar oh, you know they've got fantastic customers so that's what they would talk about so you're thinking is that really is this what we've come to like this is dinner time conversation we're talking about what towels they have in these different hotels you know right this is fucking crazy this yeah. is like a ma- what kind of a insane Bubble. Well, it's funny because like, it's going to to like your point of how much do you need or dysfunction with it. Like, there's something about human beings where if you elevate them to kind of the next step, mm. you, you're gonna always like try to look for that thing that's the comparisons. Like, you could you could get like what you could have like a vast improvement in your life, mm. but if you if your mind is not trained and tame, then you start like seeing you look around you're like oh like, like that 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 incremental thing is better and you like that sense mm-hmm. of deprivation i guess is what i'm saying is like kind of bottomless like you could mm-hmm. convince yourself regardless of what level you get at that you still don't have enough mm, you could always you know? convince yourself that you don't have enough right, right right it's very i mean i think our society is sort of set up uh set up to to make you feel that almost you know to set up to make you Feel that pang of fear and doubt that you can all, that you never quite have enough, that you always need more, because right. then you're going to work that bit harder. You're going to like not take that sick day. You're going right, to like, right. you know what I mean. You're going to work. A, yeah, you're going to yeah. stress yourself out to the point where like, you know, you can't. You're barely kind of functioning. Where you have to, you know, down four or five coffees a day just to keep you going. Right. You know, um, I would say that that is is is. Uh, in many ways, if you if you have an opportunity to simplify your life, and uh, I'm I'm a big advocate of part time work personally, right? I'm a huge advocate of part time work. This is a bit subversive, really. So like, anyway, don't take it. If you come to me for <laughs> career advice, don't. Yeah, maybe I'm not the best person for career advice, right? But I'm a huge advocate for for part time work because if you can survive, if you can work part time and survive. Right. And then start doing other stuff you're interested in. I don't know, maybe like, you know, doing t- teaching private lessons in guitar music or something like that, or like you know, piano, or whatever you want to do, whatever like, the hell you want to do. Like maybe yeah. you know, you do some tutoring or do some, I don't know, build art and craft and try and sell that in an arts market or something like that. I think you should do that. I think that's yeah. that's what. So, you know, you you, you can you can cut down I, I on. Think- of what you need. So I think we've got a good plan. If like like for, for folks who you may you might feel stressed, um, things might seem unmanageable. An exercise of I think paring down mm. and going line item by line item and asking yourself, 
what if I halved it or what, then what if I tried to live off a quarter of this and just mentally running through an exercise. Now, some things are not going to be flexible, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe like where you live, the, the rents and according to kind of the type of place you want to live in. But, but you know, it's, I think maybe it's a worthwhile exercise to line item, line item, ask yourself critically, very difficultly and ponder and meditate on how would you live off half of that, what you currently spend. And then, and then see kind of what that, try that as an exercise for mm. ni- 90 days and see, see how it works out. See, but see, see how it works out. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's almost to what, what extent is what money versus happiness? You know what I mean? I think there, there is, there's, there's a correlation, right, between um, uh, the amount of hours you're working and how much stress you have in your life. Um, and, you know, your bank balance is going to go up if you keep that up. But then what happens when you, if you cut that out, your bank balance is going to go down. But when, when do, where, where is that point where, where there's a point in the middle somewhere, right. which is going to be, I think there's going to be a happy medium. Yeah. You know, whereby you're like, okay, I can handle this. I can handle this amount of this workload. I can handle, So, you know. So, like, one of the, but what do you say to people who come out the gate with, they're already steeped in debt? like student loans, credit cards, they, they're starting from a point where they are already in the hole looking up. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I don't, I'm probably not the best person to answer that. I probably, because I'm, I'm, I benefited from being educated in the UK where, where we weren't kind of... Because this is like a big, like this yeah, is a big problem for a, a huge, lot of... And I think problem. that's why people... They feel that kind of being restricted and locked and, and mm. you know captive by it. I, I read an, I read a good article about uh, I think it was in the New York Times about someone who just defaulted on his student loan. <laughs> I read that too. It was really like really one? controversial. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. just said like, yeah, yeah I'm just yeah, yeah. not going to pay for it. And uh, that's that's a dangerous proposition, man. But 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 I, I agree. Yeah. I agree because if everyone's defaulted on their student debt, then likely the entire economy would. Well, but also personally, collapse. like like nowadays. Um, if you go in for a job, don't ask me how this is legal, but if you go in for a job, they will. some jobs will look at your credit and they'll use that credit mm-hmm. as justification on whether you should get the job or not. And I'm just saying this thing follows you around. Like we may not have debtors' prisons anymore, but mm-hmm. we have like a... There's a yeah, it, like they, a can, psych- they can make your life. Yeah. But what would I... Like, okay, maybe it would be what would I do if I was in that type of debt? Uh, what kind of debt are we talking about? Um, okay, let's do like what probably is average. Let's say you go to undergrad on mm. loans, graduate school on loans, mm. and then let's say we'll take the average consumer debt. So like, I'm just pulling numbers out of the air here, but mm-hmm. like, I think to go to grad school would have been. Let's say you have a hundred thousand in educational loans. Yeah. Um, and then you have I don't know what the average consumer debt is, but ten thousand is probably safe to say. Yeah. I think that's average consumer so debt. So 110,000. Yeah, 110,000 in the whole, yep. And then um, how much am I making a year? Let's take, I don't know what the median income is. Um, is it 50, 40? I guess it depends geographically where you're at. Let's take DC. DC's probably, Yeah. I'm guessing the median income is 40. 40,000. So that means I could pay it off um, if I had no, yeah, if you, if you weren't renting, any, if you, okay, you could let's say you could ten you could pay, potentially pay off ten thousand a year maybe successfully. I mean, what I would personally what I would do is I would probably try to um, live as cheaply as possible and try and pay it off as quickly as possible. Um, 
at all costs, you know, to try and to, to try and pay off debt. Yeah. Or, yeah, maybe I would do. I don't know. I'm. I'm again. I'm not the person to ask for conventional advice on things. I would probably. I, I would look into defaulting. Mm-hmm. I would certainly look into defaulting. Yeah. If I was, if like, I wouldn't get into that debt myself, right? Mm-hmm. Because I know too much. Right. Now, now I know too much, right. but that's the benefit of hindsight, right? But right. if I didn't have that, if I was like, if I got duped into the system, and it's like, you know, when you're young and you think I need an education, I need to get this, I need to get that, and yeah. it's all going to pay off in the end. Um, if I felt, I would probably feel pretty angry. Like, I think like, that's what most people like, yeah. who have gone through this feel. Angry. Yeah, yeah, I mean, some people have even called for like a some some way standardized way to have a return on investment for universities and for programs before you actually sign up. Yeah, to take money out for it. It's like, tell me what, you know, what am I going to get out yeah. of this? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, I, I would be pretty angry about the system um, if that was me, and I'd been essentially been kind of lied to by these for profit uni- all these universities that not say even for profit, but it's a, it's an it's a system that is it's unsustainable. Uh, that it's kind of it's it's it, I think it's completely unethical. I think it's completely immoral that like we're for, we're forcing or we're we're tricking people into debt. Yeah, personally, I probably de- I probably default. I would take the like, okay, you wreck my credit, fine. Yeah, but it's, that's what I'm saying. It's rough, man. Not everyone. Can, I mean, I read that article. Mm. I don't think. I don't think it's responsible advice because of what I mentioned of like... And again, I'm not the person to ask for Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying that, that it has consequences. Like, it, yeah. it, 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 maybe if we all did that collectively, then mm. there's no reason to worry about it. But, you know, doing that in, in person, like individually, will have serious consequences. And I think they know... Yeah. I mean, they've designed it in such a way that you can't casually walk yeah, away so from it. It, right? it, it makes everyone's too afraid yeah. to, 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 to do it you know and absolutely like, so so that's the thing i mean it, it, it's going to, it would take individual acts of defiance to mass mass acts not necessarily yeah. individuals so it'd take a lot of individuals together saying you know what we're not we're not going to pay these off i think know? i think it would i think we need some transparency i feel like when you go into school when you take on a student loan you should know what is what do people roughly who come out with this degree what have they been earning not 10 years ago not five years ago last year no, not what, yeah, what, yeah. In, in projected for i mean i don't know i'm not i can't i don't know exactly how this would work out but all i know is that there has to be a way to figure out mm. what can you expect but but I, but I, I it needs to go deeper than that person i, I, I think that you it, it, it's not just going to be about return on investment it needs to be the edu- the system itself is in, is is kind of flawed yeah you know, it's crazy that you go to School, uh, I think the educate the, there is a crisis now in higher education because people are realizing like, hey, you know what? Like the job prospects aren't necessarily that great. Or well, number two, do I want to be living in debt for the rest of my life? You know, I think more and more people are just going to be saying, you know what? No, I don't want to be in debt for the rest of my life, and I'd rather, you know, take a a, a you know less well-paying job have a have a lower standard of living um than uh you know all the trappings that come with with debt you know um and working like insane hours and you know because it, it's it's a not it is a nasty trap and i think that now that people are just like sick of it you know like, well is that going to be the rest of my life you know is the whole kind of this whole flex time thing that's taking off and people having kind of 
a lot of young people these days are just they're just doing bit jobs. They work, you know. They might I, work. I mean, yeah, it's, there's something to be said for that, right? I, I think that it's not for everyone. No, and I think it'll take some time. I mean, there's the people who got trapped. There's like the last people who got kind of stuck on the flypaper, and then eventually that will take people. You know, their those their their complaints will ultimately trickle trickle down, mm. and maybe you know, we'll, we'll, you're starting to see maybe folks who don't follow suit, but. Um, I think I think yeah, not having it, it's easy to design your life. It's the, the the tough part is that many many millions of people who are kind of stuck in it now. Mm. That I I think is, I mean, it's now a national issue. Obviously, I mean, it mm. comes up in in in, in um, you know in the in the debates and in the election, and people try to pander, kind of saying that they want to kind of address the issue. Um, you talk, you know, you hear about like loan forgiveness and all those things, but um, yeah, I mean, at, at some point, I, th- I think it's going to have to happen, right? I mean, it's going to have to be at a point where the the loan industry, that I mean, there's a debt bubble. There was a huge student debt bubble, and people, if you have a good job and you can pay it off, and it's you're comfortable, you can comfortably make your payments off and be pretty happy. I think that's you know fine. Um, but if you can't, then then there's a problem. Yeah, the problem is I think the way they've designed it is you can't, and this is I think the fundamental problem. You can't. You can. You can. They've designed it in such a way that people will be able to pay it off, mm. but they can't. I mean, savings rates are abysmal, mm. and they've cratered. So people are, they will, they will pay off their debt, but as a society, no, they're someone's going to have to. Those same people who are taking care of their immediate debt aren't going to be able to save. Right. So, so what for like future. So so then so then you're just kicking the ball. I think that if if folks continue to pay down their 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 loans, they will be able to. But you have to think of well, that money could have gone to all their ultimate retirement, which means society doesn't have to bail them out later. And I think that's so where you're kind build, of yeah, you're building in like systemic problems. Yeah. So I'm yeah. saying even if people pay it down, there's still the the problem is kicked down the road maybe. Mm. I don't know, thirty years, twenty years, something. But it, I think it, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about—the entire concept of money itself and and debt. Like debt again is a it's a, it's a construct. It's a it's sort of we've created debt is again it's it's imaginary, you know. I mean, it's just it's agreed but everyone agrees that there's this amount of debt, and you know these are kind of abstract concepts that then have very real impacts on on your life. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and in that sense, that a lot of this stuff is. You know, it is. It's, it's about it's changing our mindset. You know, like what I think to get out of this these problems that we're having, right? It does. It does require a, a kind of changing your priorities about what what is important in life. What is is it important to have? Uh, you know, a very fancy education and um, you know lots of letters after your name and that kind of stuff, and be able to get the best job you possibly can and pay. You know, then y- your kids, you send those your kids to the best possible schools and they get into debt and or you know what I mean and they go into the exact same yeah, except, cycle of life that you that yeah. you that that, you, that you've chosen or whoever you know what I mean that that this generation's chosen because most people are, are that, that we know would have had that kind of life right they would have they would have gone into debt they would have gone to school they would spend a lot you know their working life is quite stressful having to pay off you know they're worried about paying off debt I, I think like stuff. I think maybe like going back to kind of maybe tying the environmental thing into it too I, I think that we all have I think our choices are made by largely a a um, anxiety about the future mm. and so everybody's pushing 
their children and mm. themselves to get on the lifeboat, mm. you know, and the, and they're willing to kind of spend a lot for the expensive lifeboat because they feel like that's the thing that's ultimately going to make them happy. Yeah, yeah, like or or safe and secure and and, and kind of settled, you know, in their in their future. Okay, so here's here's a question, right? Would you let's say you know, we don't need to discuss personal finances here, but let's say you were in debt, you were you had a lot of student debts, and um, you have a house or a f- or an apartment, right? And you are paying down a mortgage, and you are you know you you have an ownership stake in the, in this apartment or this uh, this house or whatever it is. Would you? Sell that to pay off all your debts. No, and go into and start renting. No, absolutely not. You, you never, you no. never. No, no. And the reason I say because my logic would be, if I was in that position, my logic would be that at the end of the day, I mean, I suppose if you defaulted, they mm-hmm. and I don't know legally if they can do this, but they could maybe seize your assets, right? Defaulted on what? Like your loans, if you. No, chose I'm not. saying that say 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 that you could sell your. Home right to pay, to pay the, the loans, debts, but to pay I, everything off, and you start again from. If you had an opportunity, I guess. To start from I guess zero. to me, it would be more important to have a home than anything else. You say because, you could rent. Would you go right? But rent? The, but the problem with renting is that I think everyone ultimately. I'm look. I'm not like this is not a financial mm-hmm. advice you know podcast, and I would not the <laughs> absolute wrong again, person. I'm the wrong person to ask. I'm well, yeah. absolutely not spent telling people where to spend their money. But from my personal perspective, I think that the most important thing is to. Ideally, for financial freedom, is to have a place that you don't have to worry. Like, regardless of whatever else happens in your life, mm. you can at least have a place to stay, and you don't have to worry about meeting next month's rent. That, that to me is like. But, most... Okay, but say if you have a mortgage, right? Because this is, this is nothing about. Again, this comes down to the kind of um, imaginary, like the sort of hallucinatory uh, components to our economy, right? Uh-huh. It's like we're supposedly in an ownership society. Like yeah. We own our houses. Everyone in America is an ownership society. Same mm-hmm. in Britain. We have this, you know, one man and, right. his, and, his, and his castle, you know? Yeah. Um, but the fact is, is that you don't really own your house. You don't really own your apartment that you're living in. If you're paying a mortgage. That's true. Like the bank owns your house. Yeah, yeah. And you're paying them rent. Right. You know, you're paying, yeah. you're, you're, so like you stop paying your mortgage and then we'll yeah. see who owns your... That's true. I guess I'm just saying that in my view, like, the the number one, like, it's better to have your house, I should rephrase that and say owned and paid off. Mm, yes. Because, yeah, because yeah. that's, like, kind of, once you have that kind of, once you've got that, that's, once that's, that, that's a worry out of your head, mm. then, sh- I mean, you can argue that, okay, well, if you have debts, they can always take your house and then that. But I don't know. It just, it strikes me that it's a, it would be a nice concern that you wouldn't have to deal with if, if at least that, that that's taken care of mm. see for me I'd personally rather be completely debt free like I, I would be rather first and de- foremost debt first free. and foremost yeah. debt free and not only I think that is the ideal I'd agree with that yeah. I mean I agree with that I think that's like yeah I, I think yes that may not be again so, so, we're, we're, this is not financial no it's not financial but don't, don't okay maybe debt free with an owned house I think you have a lot of freedom man. oh you, yeah of you, course, you have of like course. you are in the upper echelon of like I mean, you can design your life in many... You can pretty much spend your, your time as you wish it, right? I mean, that's... that's If you don't have to worry about paying somebody else necessarily and you don't have to worry about rent, that's, mm. that's a pretty... That's, that's the ideal situation. That's the ideal that's situation. The ideal situation. That's the ideal situation. 
But I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, but I get it for me. Like, but you can't do it, by the way, in many places in the country. I mean, you can move to the middle. Yeah. And and do that quite easily, actually. But, but yeah, but not. So if you're in the Midwest, probably. Yeah, you can you can do that. People, you can, you can probably do that, right? But yeah, I mean, it, 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 like for me, like the the concept of debt is is I find it very scary. It is scary, man. Somebody it is. owning you, you know, and that's you know, if I would give advice to anyone, my my advice would always be uh, to try to not be owned by anyone. So you know, in the early days of American history, there was, um, you know, the concept of indentured servitude. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You would like buy a ticket to the country, but you would pay that off. It would. They were structured in such a way that based on the salary you got when you landed here, you would never be able to to pay pay for it off. So they would get a lot of people to come mm. and essentially um, be basically owned yeah. just as, you know, they were essentially just property in a way, yeah. just by different means. It wasn't... But that's sort of what we have now. I mean, in a lot of ways, I mean, with the financialization of the economy, we, we've turned that into, you know, what if you want an, an education, if you want to have all these things, you want to have a job, a nice job and a fancy car and a house and all that kind of stuff, you're going to have to... Have, your boss is the bank, then becomes a financial institution, right. to, to find, unless you come from inherited wealth. Right. Right, and then and then you're fine. But if you don't, then yeah, you, it, it's kind of indentured servitude, you know. And I think that it's important to kind of view it through that. I think anyway that it is important to to change our the way that we look at these things, right? As to call it what it is, as right. opposed to sort of there's a lot of rhetoric about like in self empowerment about you know yeah. you pay you could pay go to college and take out a loan and it's for yeah. your future and it's all everything kind of it's sold as this sort of individually, you know, individual freedom and liberty and, and self-empowerment and all this kind of stuff, but it's not really. I don't think it is. I think it's, I think it's, it's a very kind of subtle way to, 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 own, to own people. Yeah, I think that what's funny about our society is there's, like, two... There's, there's two hilarious, like, which is absurd to me, two, two completely contradictory messages in the, in the mass culture, which is, one is about... Um, Frugality, personal responsibility, financially, uh, hard work. Mm. I'd say conservative values, right? Or, or what are traditionally conservative values? But then we like live in a soup of just consumer culture, just unbridled consumption. That mm. is ultimately is what gives that the larger economy its 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 fuel mm. to exist. Yeah, and it's like the two can't happen, man. Can't the two can't exist. But it, but it does. It exists in this very weird, like this extremely strange sort of uh, relationship. This kind of dynamic that's 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 almost a war with itself. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that like for, for, from an individual from an individual point of view, like pimp me, I'm going to opt out of that system as much as I possibly can. Uh, and I think there are benefits from it. There are benefits to doing that. Right, there are benefits to, to, to the entire. Look at the system for what it is. Right, you know what? Like, if I keep doing this, I'm going to get the same results out of it. I'm going to get the same anxiety, the same stress, the same. You know what I mean? But if you start to view things differently and start acting accordingly, I think you can really sort of change your relationship with uh, money, and in part, sort of do your bit to. You know, once everyone starts making these changes you sort of become part of a collective, a collective kind of movement that stops 
buying into this because we have to stop buying into this like we have to keep we, we genuinely definitely have to stop buying into this myth right the myth of our civilization the myth of consumer capitalism like it is a myth it is incredibly destructive it is personally destructive um and it is really our obligation to try to break free of that met of the kind of mental shackles i think yeah. you know that's how i that's how i view this you know how, how I view this kind of stuff, and I mean, you know, look in in, in the, the series of podcasts that we're doing, like you know, this is really um, partly selfish, you know, because I, I these are things that I have to keep telling myself as well, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like to keep to keep myself sane. I have so, to kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, it's like self talk therapy or talk therapy. Yes. Um, here's a question for you. Do you what do you think about the for lack of a better word, I'll say like the Uberization of the economy. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? Do you think that it's, you know, there are some places, I don't know if it was in California or someplace where they wanted to regulate them as employees or Uber employees themselves wanted to be regulated and to have the rights as employees. Like, do you think that it's a kind of pernicious way? Because the guy who's the founder is like ultra libertarian. Libertarian, of course, yeah. And it's like, do you think that there's do you think it's a bad thing in that we're all going to basically be devalued and we're all going to be somebody's Uber in kind mm. of like raising their kids, delivering their food and, and kind of, or do you, do you view it as like technology just making people work when they want to? And yeah, like it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting question. And I think there are positives and negatives to, to it. The Uberization of the, of the economy or what they call the Uberization of the economy. Um, because on the one hand, I certainly understand in America's economy, the American economy right now is very, the flexible labor markets are built into the system, right? So this is, this benefits the wealthy incredibly. If you have a, a, a flexible, um, unstable, highly risky labor market, uh, it means that this benefits wealthy enormously because they can hire and fire people at will, they can... You know, they can move their company from one right. state to another or one country right. to another. It's very, very beneficial to, to the owners of our society. But on the other hand, perhaps it's part of a kind of a process. It's perhaps it's part of, we're in, if you look at it from, I look at, tend to look at things sort of, I look for the positive and stuff. And I do think there are positives to be taken from this. And the, these are the, the emergence of, of new structures, new ways of working, right, that, that, are decentralized that are flexible that are much more kind of like you know personalized in terms of like you don't have to kind of work hours that you don't I, right. I, I don't understand why people have to do a nine to five I just think it's meaningless you know if you can make money doing if you can make a living not doing a nine to five and doing it you know I don't do a nine to five yeah I think it's funny it's a vestige especially if you do knowledge work I mean like yeah you know it's a vestige of old industrial output where time meant mm. widgets produced and knowledge work doesn't look work like that it doesn't work it doesn't work like that so, so I do think that, that there are some positives to be had but I think it's in we're in the early early stages of this and there is going to have to be some sort of you know ownership I think is quite important right about owning your own work about having and and I don't like the old model of kind of unions and labor movements and that kind of stuff. I I believe that those that model is outdated too. Where is it? Where because would you say? because it's it's an us versus them mentality. You know, 
there's what what like a union there's always fights between unions and management and this and you know what i mean right right so the, the, the these are ways of dividing labor and management that you have labor and then you have management you mm-hmm. have owners then you have workers right right and i think that like i think that they're very necessary right now like labor you, you know unions and whatnot but i i think it's an old model i think that the, the entire model itself has to has to it's not sustainable. But how, where would you, I mean, because the, the argument for labor would be when you have such a power asymmetry of power that it's the only thing labor can do is kind of yeah. become a singular voice. Right, because it's the, it's the raw material that can opt out. Like, it's, yeah. it's the only thing, the input to the system that can say, okay, well, we won't participate unless you give us more. Give us more, right, but I think, I think the, the, the cooperative model is a much more interesting way of doing it. I see, where people are positively invested po- yeah, positively rather than Positively invested like, as yeah. opposed to antagon- antagonistically, right. if you want to call it that. Uh, so the, so the you would opt different. more for, like, Instead of getting into a, like participating in the existing structure and try to use labor to rest more mm. for yourself, or wrestle more for for yourself, it, well, why try to think through an alternative, similar system, but mm. one from the get go that everybody isn't has an ownership stake. Everyone has an ownership stake yeah. in it, 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 it to, to a certain yeah. degree, you know. And I think cooperative models are that's the future, you know. And I think that the sort of what we're seeing with kind of the Uberization of of the economy, these are just way. these are just, I think to me that's just organisational, right? These are just ways of kind of, these are platforms that could be very useful in the future um, about how you manage work. You know, that's all I view Uber as. I just view Uber, like Uber as, the, the working model of Uber is like an interesting way that they manage work, their work, how people work. If you had something that was owned by the workers, if, if workers owned Uber, for example. Yeah, which they don't. Which yeah. they don't, yeah, right? So, so I don't. Add, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that model, I think, is is again, it's an outdated model. The model mm-hmm. is going to have to change uh, at some point. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. As people become more. Well, it's interesting though, because you present a, a, a case wherein, or what hasn't, what didn't occur to me is the idea that, like, part of the reason you had there was like managerial efficiency to to having, you know, this a structure like. What I'm, what it, this makes me think of what I'm trying to get at is like the ability to coordinate people mm. or or use a platform for people to coordinate amongst themselves and allocate resources really perhaps makes a argument or or kind of diminishes the role of of, of managers right in a sense mm. of it's like again I'm not trying to espouse like as if you know the cell phone can 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 do this all like the bird can carry this burden all on its own but maybe what I'm getting at is maybe they're is something we said for the ability to communicate via the cell phone or just through technology can help people link up services and needs mm. in a way that maybe that intermediary will not be necessary. Necessary, yeah. And I, and I think those, those are the kind of things that we should be looking at and, and, and if there is a way to kind of democratize. But then how, so, but you, the only, I guess, thing you need is like getting the app off the ground minus like you know a lot of institutional investment dollars that's yeah, going to I mean, that's tell you right that now, they need to like you know Uber was built with millions and millions of dollars of venture capital money right. from deeply deeply sort of capitalistic investors you know who want a huge return on their investment right. you know what I mean but, but to look at the positive it's like well now the technology has been invented and right. it can be copied 
used, you know. And if you take a positive view of things, that like the these things now, there's there's so much open source stuff on the I mean on the internet. You know, there, there, I think there is there is a new app. I was just reading about this recently. That's called Coopify. I think it's it's like it's an it's an app that was created in a university, and and it's for it's a kind of a, a collectivized collective workers app yeah. right, to manage you know to manage operations. So there are things that are springing up, you know, and and I think these are the future of 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 how we do things, um, and the technology that's being developed in the private sector uh, with lots and lots of money and venture capital. I mean, I just I don't see why we can't use that as why why clever people can't use that. Um, yeah, I mean, and you know, maybe maybe it maybe like it is a sticking point that maybe you know t- a couple of Silicon Valley investors are going to make a lot of money off it, mm. but then. You can create something, you know. I guess what, I, what I'm saying is like that doesn't that doesn't take away from what a lot of people are earning right now mm. as drivers. Or Airbnb is a great example. I mean, there's yeah. people who are taking what is formerly an unused asset when you're Italian, out on vacation, yeah. yeah, and you you now have it make money for you instead of just sitting there. Yeah, it's a phenomenal thing. Or yeah, or, or cars, you know. And I think it's be- I think there's a, there's a there's a big benefit to that, you know. Yeah. And I think you know I, I'm hoping that those we take the best of those. We take the best of that, this new model, the new, the emergence of this technology, yeah. um, and create, you know, working situations that are just more human. You know, that are more, you, you don't, you're not going to stress stress you out so much to the point yeah. where you're, you feel totally helpless and consumed yeah. by the system. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think like you know, it has no choice but to also be what's right for the environment. So like if instead of overbuilding and oversizing mm. everything we need, if you mm. can efficiently use the existing what assets. All, what we've already got. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the answers are already there. We, right. we already have them. We just, it's just a matter of, it's a mindset, you know? Right. We have to change our minds about how we think about it. And, and on, on that note, uh, I think we've gone quite over, we usually try and do an hour, we've done about an hour and 20 minutes here. Um, so we're going to call it a day. For today so thank you very much for listening and we're going to be back next week um yeah so tune in uh, the daily bounces meaning of life podcast follow us on our facebook page follow us on twitter and follow us uh on the dailybanter.com all right much love everyone see you next week have bye. a great week everybody bye bye